Hey folks, welcome to the DC3Cast. I am Brian, with me as always are Vince and Zach. We're going to talk about comics, specifically the DC Comics released on the 14th of March, 2018. So, if you haven't read them yet, pause the podcast, read your comics, come back to us. But first, we have a bunch of news. Uh, last week we totally missed talking about the release of the uh, the first six titles of DC's new Black Label line. We now know what this is. Uh, the name has been rumored for a while. One or two of the books have been announced before, but we now have sort of a more concrete idea of what Black Label is. What it is is essentially a, an out-of-continuity line featuring sort of all-star creators doing their their own pet projects. So the, uh, the first six books that were announced were Superman Year One by Frank Miller and John Rita Jr., Batman Last Night on Earth by uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Batman Damned by Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo. Wonder Woman Historia of the Amazons by Kelly Sudeconic and Phil Jimenez. Uh, Wonder Woman Diana's Daughter by Greg Rucka and artist TBD. And The Other History of the DC Universe by John Ridley and, again, that very popular artist TBD. Um, so I, I don't think that this is necessarily a surprise, uh, the announcement, either the the name or the sort of general general mission statement. But what do you guys think of this in terms of uh, creators attached, books announced, etc.? How excited are you guys for Black Label? Comic scene for kids anymore, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, did, didn't is, did they officially announce that um, White Knight will kick this off the collection, the collected edition? Uh, that's been implied. I don't know if that's been officially announced. Official. Okay, I wasn't sure or not. Um, but yeah, got it. Got it. Got it. Something for daddy. Um, some of these sound. I mean, the ones that sound good are ones that would sound good regardless of this announcement. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, both the Wonder Woman books sound good. Yeah. The other history of the DC universe sounds good to sounds, me. Sounds very good. Um, I will probably be in for uh, Last Night on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was we should mention that was supposed to be that was pitched initially as the Scott Snyder Sean Murphy story, mm-hmm. um, but apparently they decided that it was a better fit for Capullo as Snyder kind of sees it as his end to doing de- to doing Batman stories, and he feels like, you know, he and Capullo built Batman together, so... Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I can get behind that. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of happier that way. Oh, well, I'm yeah, definitely happy that I way. I think so, too. Uh, Batman Damned is the, like, most Brian Azzarello <laughs> thing. Um, Somebody murdered the freaking Joker? It must be somebody who's just too PC. <laughs> um, I've never read Luther or Joker, so I I just don't know. They're about what you'd expect. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I, I I think that obviously the one book we haven't mentioned 
is uh, <laughs> Superman year one. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for every one of these books except for that one. Um, as as I refer to it, Multiversity Comics uh, future comic of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I think, uh, you know, if it weren't for the show, I would try to even not look at that one or be aware of its existence. <laughs> um, like if I were walking into my comic shop and I, I wasn't had nothing to do with Multiversity or the DC3, I would try to avert my eyes as much as possible to avoid knowing anything about it that it even exists. <laughs> I mean, can it be as bad as we think it's going to be? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it definitely yeah. can. Do you either of you get around to finishing Dark Knight oh, God, 3? No. I didn't. Oh, I didn't. No, 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 no. I didn't either. Um, but that one started off... You know, that, that's what I'm, I was going to say, is that we are all saying how nothing could be worse than Dark Knight than, than Dark Knight 3 before it came out. And then we all, I remember, like, begrudgingly didn't hate one of the first couple issues. Yeah. The first issue was... Was okay. I didn't like it. I don't. Think I, I think you. I think you liked it a little bit. Yeah, I feel like we all said like, "Oh wow, this was way better than it had any right being." Oh, I, you're DJ. Run that back. I don't know that I said that. I'm pretty sure you might have. We all really liked the Wonder Woman stuff, and you mean her titty? Yeah, that that's exactly what I meant, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Oh, God. Our listeners <laughs> demand the truth, guys. I legitimately forgot that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, now, um, one of our two listeners can go back and say what I thought about that book when I was young and foolish. When did that first issue even come out? Is that 2014? No. I feel like to... I was still in diapers. Um, it had to have been like 2015. Uh, I'm gonna say it was. I can here. tell. Uh, I got it right here. It's probably. Uh, some, I'm gonna say October 2015. Actually, November. You were very close. Okay. The Master Race. <laughs> yeah, that name's still not great. <laughs> um. So yeah that that came out. Um. November 25th, 2015. Issue number nine came out. Let me guess. Um, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Nine issues started November twenty. This is this is street date November. I mean, sorry, like on the date that's advertised, not the real date, right? What do you mean? Like it? Like this month's comics are labeled like May? Right. Right. Yeah. This is yeah. on sale date. On sale date. Yeah. Let's say. May 2017. You man, you were very close. June June 7, 2017. Okay. Wow, okay. So this is my one talent, okay? <laughs> Part of me would still like to go back and read it. Especially just with all of the uh the like interlude or not interlude but the bonus comics. I was more interested in the bonus comics than the actual thing. Yeah, me too.
Anyway. Um, Vince is just shaking his head in disgust right exactly. now. Exactly. He actually logged off. Um, mm. I'll never log off. Well, my question is, which is, uh, like, how much worse than Andy Kubert is John Romita Jr. in terms of art on a Frank Miller book? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's not even comparable, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we have, like, proof of that with the... the um, the Joker prequel thing, remember? No, there was that one. There was that that one month that the book took off. You know, like LOL. But um, where they had the the Joker one shot, where we see him kill uh, Jason Todd in the in the Dark Knight universe. Nah, I have no. I, no, I was no. gonna say I don't know if I blacked out when reading that. Or <laughs> I I have no recollection of that. I can't remember what it's called. Let me, uh, yeah, it was just like a one-off, um, that got released on a skip month. Um, man, um, okay. Well, Kelly Sue DeConnick's Wonder Woman. (laughs) Uh, Dark Knight Returns the Last Crusade. Oh my god. Every title is worse than the last. <laughs> the Dark Knight 4, Personal Jesus. Yeah. That would be so much better than any of these titles. It's going to be yeah. like Dark Knight 4, like Zig Heil. I don't know how you guys could forget about this. It's got that super twisted cover of the Joker in a straitjacket. Oh, jeez. I bet I remember the image, for sure. Yeah. Dark Knight... Five alt right Kekistan Pepe <laughs> for life. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that image definitely rings a bell now. Uh, only only nut faces in the chat though, Zach. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I have one for later. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> oh gosh, I hope it's yours. <laughs> uh, I have two words for you: hidden camera. Um, oh. <laughs> So, oh, so the massage really did turn out. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no. Uh, what, which of these sounds most interesting to you guys? Because for me, it's the Wonder Woman, Kelly Sue. Like as soon as I heard that, that was like music to my ears. Because um, I feel like if she's allowed to do what she want, what she probably wants to do with Wonder Woman and Themyscira. It can be really different from what we've ever seen before, and 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 true to the na- really 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 queer is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's gonna be very gay, hopefully. Um, yeah, I mean she's she's a great writer. She her comic output has been somewhat diminished since she's gone over and done a lot more stuff with TV as of well, late. TV stocks. What? TV is a TV is a nickname, and nicknames are for friends. And television is no friend of mine. Huh? It's a Mister Show. Oh, quote. is it really? Yeah. What episode? Oh God, the one. It's the one where the guy goes to the donut shop, and it's Bob Odenkirk is buying donuts or something, pastries. And he's got like blood pouring out of one of his ears. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and, he, and okay. he's keep the change. <laughs> okay. And he sits down with like the hipster David Cross. Yeah. And he he only listens to music on uh, on phonographs or something like that, and and then it it transitions into the monsters of megaphone sketch. Okay. 
automobile. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, no, but I was going to say, you know, um, it's crazy how, like, Kelly Sue's only done, like, three or four issues ever at DC. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'm very excited for her to have that this book. And also, I like that Rucka is doing a Wonder Woman book just because I like the fact that Rucka is still in DC's good graces. And it's it's kind of funny how this is almost like the parallel to Snyder and Capullo's Bat book. Mm. Right. It's like, like a, you like know, the end a, of the the end of the run somewhat. Yeah. Um I think I'm most excited though for the um the other history of the DCU. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds great. I mean, I I like DC expanding the scope of what people think DC is. Like, I feel like that's, that's one of been sort of the the secret mission statements of Rebirth or since Rebirth is just that you know you guys think that DC is is this whatever it is, but we're also you know um, we're also Hanna Barbera, we're also the Wild Storm, we're also Young Animal, we're also um, you know, all the it's just they're expanding what DC is understood to 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 be, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what? It it's I, I always find these parallels when I'm because I'm doing my Wonder Woman reading, you know, mm-hmm. and it really reminds me of a lot of the ads that I'm seeing in the '90s issues because I like I like I just finished John Byrne the John Byrne Wonder Woman run, and there's a lot of ads for like. Uh, Kingdom Come, you know, mm-hmm. like there there were a couple months where every every month they would have a new ad for Kingdom Come, and it was very like ominous, and you knew it was something different. the ca- The characters that you knew, but like different, you know. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, like DC One Million. There were some ads for that, and there were some ads for like some of the other past. Um, uh, DC sort of prestige format type things, you know? And it just made me think, like, DC's always kind of been this company who has their main line, and then they have these other books that they consider prestige or serious, and or you know, not serious necessarily, but, like, a very quality, we're going to focus and make this particular product a higher quality than our normal, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh... I feel like any one of, I mean, these could all be anywhere from bad to good to great. One or two of them could turn out to be like the next Kingdom Come or something. Who knows? Like Wonder Woman Historia could be like the next great book everybody's talking as a, about as a classic, you know? Mm-hmm. I wonder if the title of that, because it's Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons, I wonder if Kelly Sue has plans to do other Historia books mm. where this will be, you know, like a series of, of, you know, different miniseries or whatever. Yeah, that'd be cool. What I think is interesting about this announcement is that they've they've made it clear that it's not all going to be like six issue miniseries and it's not all going to be the same format that the creators have input on how long the series go and what format they're published in. So hopefully that means, you know, even if not in this initial batch, but soon enough we'll be seeing some that are like old school prestige with a, with a binding 
or it will be you know an oversized miniseries now and then. I I love that sort of stuff. I think that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my sort of other uh, question is: Do you think that this will lead to like will this will this Wonder Woman historic historica thing historia rather? Will this lead to Kelly Sue doing more at DC, or do you think this is going to be just like the corner of the DC universe that when they poach folks, if they're if they uh, like it, this isn't for the monthly writers. This is for a different group of writers. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I can see that. You can yeah, see her staying over here, or you can see. No, I can see. I can see it only being like being a, a special thing. I don't really see Kelly Sudaconic that interested in getting back in the monthly grind game, you know. Mm-hmm. But something like this is very, you know. I can see her doing this. I can see, you know, I can even see like Fraction or or Reminder coming in and doing something like this. Um without committing to a, an ongoing book. Isn't it a little shocking that there's not a Bendis title here? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure there will be eventually. Oh, yeah. Anything else to say about Black Label? Mm, no. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to skip around in our order here for a second. Um, so uh, there was a uh, a second round of DC Hanna-Barbera books announced uh, this week. Um, Vince, I know you're, you're very excited for this. I know this is some of your favorite comics of all time come from the first uh, DC Hanna-Barbera uh, crossover month. But uh, it's Aquaman, Jabberjaw... Um, Black Lightning and Hong Kong Fooey, uh, <laughs> Super Sons and Dynamut, and uh, what's the last one I'm forgetting? Uh, oh, uh, the Flash and the Speed Buggy. Yes, the beloved Hanna Barbera cartoon that everybody remembers, Speed Buggy. Well, so uh, according according to uh, to our pal Dan DiDio, what he said was that when the, the first batch of these books came out. He was focusing on the sort of '60s Hanna Barbera um, books that had been, or '60s Hanna Barbera characters that had been a uh, that had sort of been his favorites for a bit, um, and that uh, you know a couple of the writers, uh, creators rather, said like, "Hey, we would love to do uh, some of these more '70s characters." So these were like. The second wave of uh, of DC, uh, sorry, rather of Hanna Barbera characters. Like after their initial successes, these are some of the characters that maybe didn't take off as much. Like I don't know about you guys, I don't think I've ever seen a Speed Buggy cartoon. Have you? Oh, I have. Oh, absolutely. He coughs a lot. He's really annoying. He like he, when he speaks, he coughs. He's like, uh, uh. He's got like this like deep voice. He's like, burr, burr, burr. like it's like an engine, you know. And he's got like some sh- uh, shaggy looking, f- like a fake shaggy from Scooby Doo. Um, Zoinks! 
I I haven't I I don't recognize a lot of these characters or I've not seen uh, their cartoons. I've definitely seen Hong Kong Fooey. Oh, he's the number one super guy. Yeah, he's quicker than the human eye. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I have <laughs> racist. A, yeah, I have a, a CD. I I I very much beloved. It's beloved to me. Came out like the mid '90s of of like alternative rock bands covering. Saturday morning cartoon theme songs. Oh yeah, and uh, Sublime covers the Hong Kong Fooey theme. You're song. kidding me. Nope. Here, let me show you. Hold on, let me show you the speed buggy. <laughs> keep, keep talking. I don't know why they're saying. Hang on, let me show you my dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a speed buggy's nut face. No, um, <laughs> here he is. Look at that like palette swapped shaggy guy. Oh, that is yeah. Yeah, it's just palette swaps shaggy. And he has like a, <laughs> he's got like a southern accent or something instead of a stoner. Like he's not a stoner. He's a. I do declare. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a really annoying cartoon. Um, um yeah, yeah. So I want you guys to to go to your uh, everybody listening, including my two co-hosts. Everybody go to either, I, I mean, I prefer you go to Multiversity Comics to look at this, but everyone look at the cover of the Flash Speed Buggy special and tell me what you notice about it. <laughs> um, I'm not going to Multiversity, by the way. It's right there on the front page, buddy. Well, well organized. <laughs> Wait, there's pizza somewhere on here. There's gotta be. Where's the pizza? Pizza? Oh. Pizza Fish, Pizza Fish Speedway. Yeah, that is the name of the pizza place from Titans, and it's oh, the name of the speedway that they are uh, racing in. So it's officially a Brett Booth. Well, I mean, I guess this is Wally on the cover. Yeah, and so Brett Booth. It, Brett Booth is illustrating it, right? Um, although Dan Abner is not Brett. writing it. Uh, uh, no, it's Scott Lobdell Brett Booth reunion. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Oh, right Feels in my so veins. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Hit that, hit that vein. Yeah. Talk about nut faces, am I right, guys? The three of us are going to be, uh, yeah. Dino nut. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Um, uh, of note in this, the Dio interview that ran on CBR, the, the interviewer says, like, so this is Tomasi's last Super Sun story for quite some time, right? And just, oh, I don't think so. No comment. So... I think we're he gonna, just what he just he just doesn't want to have to say that his last Super Sun story is a Dinobot crossover. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be just like that Shazam book. Yo, any day now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, big things, big big plans. Yeah. What I will say is, uh, we are recording this on the fifteenth of March, and there's been a bunch of DC news breaking this week, and there's more coming because. The solicits drop on Monday, and we don't know who is doing the new Justice League books, aside from the main one, which we'll talk about in a second. We don't Detective. know. Who, we don't know who's taking over Detective yet. Uh, we don't know if there's other new books that are taking the place of things like uh, Background, the Birds of Prey, or Supergirl, or other things like that. So, well, there's that one. There's that Teen Titans special, right? Right, and we know about Hawkman. We're talking about it in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what I'm saying is that by the time people are hearing this on Wednesday. There could be significantly more news that is that is broken. Yeah, so um, don't yell at us this time, Robert. Yeah, sorry, Rob. 
Um, so anything else to say about this bullshit or no? I like that the Hong Kong Fui Black Lightning thing is basically uh, Heroes for Hire. Uh, DiDio essentially says that in the interview, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like this is like the terrifics. Like, if, if Marvel's not going to do it, DC might as well. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the thing is, is that, like, I felt like when we read the first wave of these, my my, my opinion of... I mean, I thought the Elmer, the Tom King Elmer Fudd one was really funny. That was not this. That was the Looney Tunes crossovers. Oh, you're right. The Dio did say, by the way, that there's going to be another round of those, hopefully. Okay. And he said that if they do uh, one of those, it's going to be Sylvester and Tweety and the Birds of Prey. Great. Sure. Yep. Okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> you're thinking of, of the sequential classics... Like um, super, uh, Space Ghost, Green Lantern, and Suicide Squad, Banana Splits. Uh, yes. Yeah. That right. was a okay. great month of comics. It was, all right. It was all one week. It's, it's all the fifth week stuff. So Was any... it all in one week? Yeah. Okay, but, but the Looney Tunes ones were staggered. Those were staggered, yes. Okay, see. So, so anytime they do anything like this, okay, I think, like, like they've been better than they've had the right to be and yet still not something i want to endure again <laughs> yeah that's a good description is that and also like why are they 48 pages long can they not can they just be like 20 pages you know i, w- I would absolutely adore this if it was a one issue one shot 48 pages with these six stories in it yeah or like or you know even a little bit longer than that like, like an 80 page special right like the like the christmas special or the holiday special or whatever you know yeah uh i'm looking forward to that demon funky phantom backup crossover though i like how dc is so weird with their shazam stuff that the wizard shazam is in this but not the character itself (laughs) yeah well anyway yeah aquaman jabberjaw for the win jabberjaw um, all right, well, let's yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about uh, a bit of rumor that seems to be at least partially confirmed, which is that uh, Jim Chung is doing at least the covers to Scott Snyder's new Justice League book, if not straight up uh, doing interiors alternating with Jorge Jimenez. Um, now, if this is true, this is a huge poaching from DC, from Marvel, especially because, as I said to the boys beforehand, uh, Jim Chung drew the fresh start image that just came out, you know, earlier this month, or late last month, rather, and, um, you know, has already jumped ship for DC. Uh, If he is alternating with Jimenez, that is quite the art team on Justice League book. We also know that the the team is going to be the seven, sorry, the, the, uh, the six that we've seen recently, of Bruce, Clark, Diana, uh, Arthur, Barry, and Vic, but also adding in there uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern, Kendra Saunders, Hawk Girl, and uh, John Jones, Martian Manhunter. Oh uh, yeah, baby. So so it's basically the Bruce Tim Justice League plus plus Cyborg, Cyborg. and Aquaman. Uh huh. Yeah, and I'm cool with that lineup. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
Uh, very excited about Hawk Girl. Very excited about my main man, John Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's my. I mean, I was saying this on. Tw- Ironically enough, I was saying this on Twitter earlier, even though I had no idea that this was happening. Mm-hmm. That uh, I was thinking about the Green Lantern books and how they're kind of wallowing. I mean, Seelys is all right now, but um, but I was just thinking like they got to get John Stewart away from that mess because he's my Lantern, and it, it's it's that way because of the cartoon. Because mm-hmm. like that's how I got back into DC. Um, so and and it's also been just so long since anyone's written him decently, you know, um, or given him anything to do. So yeah, I'm hoping this is some sort of turnaround. <laughs> also, it's speculative that maybe this is where, like, that John Stewart will be the focal point of the Green Lantern movie whenever that comes out. Right. The the new one. Right. Well, it wasn't the last word on that, that it was going to be like a buddy cop thing with Hal and John. John, Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, who even knows? Yeah. We'll talk about the movies more in a few minutes. Um, I will say this though. uh, First of all, it's good to see Martian Manhunter back in the justice league. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's a character that, almost more than anybody else to me represents a, a good Justice League team when he's on board. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Jim Chung has departed Marvel for DC, that is yet another pretty high-profile poaching of the last few months. Um, while I'm not like the world's biggest Chung fan, I think it's undeniable how good he's been for Marvel, especially on their event books. And this this is a big deal for DC. And it's uh it's symbolic if nothing else. Yeah. Uh I think one thing that people like forget to mention at times like this is that like it's very possible that he's there for like three or four issues of the first arc and then we never see him again. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. that's like, I mean, he he did, I think, the first two issues of Marvel 2-in-1. Yeah. And then is gone, was replaced by Valerio Shidi, Um Which, like, I think he solicited, actually, to come back for maybe issue five or six of that series. But... Um, you know, Marvel solicits are very subject to change, as are DCs. All solicits are subject to change. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, the other uh, new series announced is uh, a Hawkman ongoing, which uh, is starting in June as well. Which is uh, written by Robert Venditti, illustrated by Brian Hitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> I I'm not enthralled with this team in the slightest. Uh, I'm happy Hawkman is getting in the spotlight again, but at what cost? His soul. <laughs> Do you think this means Venditti off Green Lantern, or is he doing both? I or hope, is Gr- 
I hope it means he's off Green Lantern. One can only hope. You know what else I really hope? Jumping back to Justice League really quick. quick. I hope this is legit. I hope this is real. And I hope that this image um, becomes iconic enough to dethrone the Jim Lee Justice League number one cover. <laughs> you mean the image that's in the Flash Museum in the future? Yeah, that one. <laughs> Agreed. So, So let's talk about this. Is Venditti the most boring, safe choice for this book? Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah. I mean, look, he could have a good pitch in him. I'm not... I liked some of his Valiant stuff, but, uh... Come on, man. This just seems like the, uh... You just yawned in the middle of talking about it. I did. I did. This just seems like the least, um... The least sexy creative team we could imagine for this book. I've often said that uh, Hawkman is Exo Manowar. Have you really? No. <laughs> but this, what this really feels like to me is DiDio and DC saying, "All right, we're gonna get." He's Bernie now. Of course he is. <laughs> uh, he's always when, he, when it's Look. me. It's always he's he's Bernie. Look, <laughs> let me be clear. Uh, <laughs> That, you know, everybody's always asking for a new Hawkman book, but then it always has to get canceled for poor sales eventually. So I feel like they're just starting from a place where it's like, look, we know no one's going to buy this book. We're just going to run it into the ground right away for you. See, I feel like this is an indication that it's going to be so editorially driven. Like, who's somebody who can just fill in the dots for us? Well, especially because... I mean, this was supposed to be Lemire and Hitch, right? And stuff happened behind the scenes, and now it's not. I think that's a reasonable expe- uh, implication to make. Yeah. And and we know that Lemire has jumped ship before because of editorial meddling, so... Sure, yeah. That sounds like a reasonable explanation for what happened here um what i think is going to be telling about this is like is hawkman going to be part of major storylines for a while or was metal like his big storyline and now they're just gonna let venditti take him for a year or two and kind of reestablish him so if that's the case we're never gonna see hawkman again they're just gonna because He's going to be kind of ghettoized into his this title. We're supposed to, quote, reintroduce him, but the title's not going to sell, and it's going to get canceled, and therefore it's going to all be for naught. Yeah, no, I mean, if anything, it seems like Hot Girl's going to get the, um, the focus, which is fine. Yeah. But it is kind of weird how you can never have both of the Hawks <laughs> coexisting yeah you can in the first episode of legends of tomorrow <laughs> <sighs> and then carter gets like kidnapped or killed or something carter was the worst in that <laughs> i will still say he was better than the smallville one no no shira uh, okay but at least at least shira um, 
Carter in Legends of Tomorrow was just a total creeper, though. <laughs> to be fair, the character is pretty creepy to begin with. Maybe that's why he doesn't work. I have loved you across the timeline. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> what did you just send us in this chat? Because <laughs> I just read it and I couldn't believe that it was happening. Oh, I saw that too. <laughs> oh, the omnibus. Yeah, the Red Hood and the Outlaws New Fifty Two Scott Labdell omnibus. <laughs> Uh, sorry, well, as, as, so, as, sorry to ruin this, guys. Your Christmas presents have been revealed. As, as low quality as that is, it's. I think even more surprising is the uh, Tomasi Manipul Detective Comics Omnibus because <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that run just got sucked into the ether. No one talked about that. I feel like that run was nine issues. It was also, I think, Manipul was only on, like, two or three of the issues tops. The rest yeah. was illustrated by, I think, Blanco? Fernando Blanco? That sounds mm. about right. Well, here we are, boys. We are, uh... We're about to talk about something that seemed... It seemed crazy a minute before it was real. And seems <laughs> even crazier now. Uh, there's gonna be a New Gods movie, which is dope on its own but uh Ava DuVernay's gonna direct it guys yeah that's um that's really wild I can't believe that DC made like a smart hire in their movie realm <laughs> from the company like... that almost hired Mel Gibson to do Suicide Squad 2 <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, Patty, Patty Jenkins is a is was a smart hire, but like, even that it, there was like hemming and hawing, and she was not the first choice either, you know. Um, and uh, that turned out well, and I feel like this is just such a smart, way smarter hire than these companies usually are capable of. This is like Ryan Coogler. Uh, level higher. Yeah, in there you of, go. In terms of like somebody who is poised to be able to make a great superhero movie if given the chance, but you know, wouldn't have been given the chance five or ten years ago because they're relatively small uh, filmography. Mm-hmm. You know, and and people of color just don't get hired. Well, that that also yes. I uh, I really, really, really want to be excited about this. Um, but I look at how A Wrinkle in Time is doing, both <laughs> critically and financially, which it is up against Black Panther, which cannot, just won't die. Yeah. Um, but I compare kind of like how Wrinkle in Time, I haven't seen the film, but kind of like the, the perception around it paired with DC with no I guess I should rather say WB's um WB yeah um I don't see any universe in which this is a oh okay no I could see it being a good film I I don't see this I don't I just ah oh. 
Do you, do you know what I'm getting at? Like what I'm trying to say here. I, I just don't think this is going to work. It seems like a project that's, well, you know, it's like doomed from the start almost, you know? Sure. Sure. I was having this conversation with my wife today. My wife. My wife. There, there we go. Okay. Um, that, because we're going to see a wrinkle in time. We just need to come up with a time and day that it works to take her daughter to see it. Um, but I'm I'm a big fan of A Wrinkle in Time, like going back to when I was a kid. And I didn't even understand the book when I was a kid, and I liked it. There was something like beguiling about it, you know? Um, and, you know, growing up, I've read it again, and I've re- I have the graphic novel that uh, Hope Larson did, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm a big fan of the story. But just thinking about the story itself, it's basically unfilmable, really. There's so much, like, I know, like, people are knocking the movie for having plot holes and and uh, just, like, a like a kind of a... Yeah, I guess plot holes is, is mostly what I'm hearing. It's probably the best way to describe it. But I feel like A Wrinkle in Time is so... Uh, metaphysical at times that there are things that you just can't you're never going to be able to capture the essence of the book in a movie form so in a way so I think the new that, gods <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's where I'm going with this is that like that that to me is a, a if you're making a movie of it it's going to be a completely different thing that doesn't quite that can never quite match up to the book, and and also that that critics and I'm not this is you know before me even having seen the movie, so I know that I, I I don't have a leg to stand on yet, but I feel like it is the type of project that could easily be misunderstood by critics, or maybe isn't even something that that you know where a critical take really even works. You know what I mean? And I could be totally wrong. When I see the movie, I could be like, oh, yeah, this is a mess. But it just seems like one of those things where if it's not for you or you're not into that type of thing, you, you, you're you're also going to miss the point, you know? That's um, true, yeah. And I, and I will say that, you know, you just look at a trailer for A Wrinkle in Time and that, I'm, I mean, that vision kind of screams new gods, Oh, you know. absolutely. Yeah. And the it's you know, the new gods is much the same way where like like it, it's not a like nobody knows who the new gods are. You walk up to the average person on the street, they're not gonna know who the new gods are. They're not gonna know High Father. They might know, know that Dark Side is, maybe. They, they might, might know, know Dark Side is because he is, you know. Um they're not gonna know Orion, they're not gonna know Scott Free and Big Barda, right? Like uh, not the way that they know Wonder Woman, but but uh, it's 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 that way because a certain type of comic reader I feel appreciates uh, a story like the Fourth World epic, where it's there's a straight narrative, but it's so labyrinthine and and metaphorical at times you know the whole thing is a big metaphor and uh and the whole thing is also so like inex like you, you cannot separate it from its comic roots right like yes exactly the same way that yeah yeah 
How uh, how fantastic would it be though if this some kind of somehow just miraculously takes off? It's the the sci-fi epic of our generation, and it, it DC just shifts all everything to New Gods, and we get a whole line of New Gods movies. Oh yeah, Let's that's what it. I want. Let's do right. it. Who's playing? Who Light cares Light? about Batman? Who's oh playing my Light gosh, Light, guys. Uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Who's playing Bug? Uh, Me. Okay, I'll do it. It's a bold choice. Um, <laughs> let's see, Granny Goodness. Um, Alice, Alice, and I were already doing this earlier today. You want me to pull that up? No, I want you to have an original thought for once in your goddamn life. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, uh, no, uh, I want to hear who Granny Goodness is going to be. Um, um, I've got it. Hold on, hold on. Um, I feel like it has to be Tilda Swinton in a fat suit, right? No, it's uh, it's it's Lucille Bluth. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, they're the new gods are all Bluths, so so Orion is Job, Scott Free is Michael. How much could a boom tube cost? Ten (laughs) dollars. I just boomed myself. (laughs) (laughs) We shan't be telling Granny Goodness. That's who Granny Goodness is. It's Tobias Pimke as As Mrs. Mrs. Featherbottom. We just say hi, Father, here. (laughs) We just say... Obviously, Jeffrey Tambor is dark side, so... Oh, yes. And hi, Father. And I missed her miracle. We just say miracle. What was that? I said, oh, I'm, oh, yes. I'm Mr. Miracle. We just say Miracle. Okay, there we go. There it is. We just call it Miracle. Yeah. The fact that you're saying boom tube in the attic knows I know, no, <laughs> no, you're not ready for it. I just wanted to do a chicken <laughs> uh, what, what would be the equivalent of maybe's marry me? Um... Meet me in the fire pits. <laughs> Marry me, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Some some something that Tom King has repeated a million times. Dark side is is marry me, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then what's babysit me? <laughs> <laughs> babysit me. Oh man. Uh Bug is Steve Parmesan. Uh, Steve Gene, Parmesan. Gene Parmesan. Steve. Why, did, why did I say Steve? Steve's his, 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 his son. Steve Holt. Yeah, Steve, Steve Holt. Holt. Steve Orion is Steve Orion Holt. Orion is definitely Steve Holt. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Orion! <laughs> O'Doyle o- rules. Uh, we're back in the Billy Madison category here. We're back. We're back in the Adam Sandler. <laughs> back in the Sandler again. <laughs> Um, uh, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, Zach, you're right. Lucille yeah. Bluth is. <laughs> are the female Furies the hot cops? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think uh, Barry Zuckercorn is probably the sod. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Does that make Bob Loblaw Calabac? <laughs> There's a very specific audience for our bullshit, and it's the three of us. Yeah, and the two other listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute to talk about comics, I promise. Hi, I'm Paul, the host of the Comic Syllabus Podcast, a weekly show on the Multiversity Network of Podcasts. We read widely and we dig deep, bringing different analytical approaches to our study and appreciation of the wide variety of comics out there. Along with comics teachers, critics, and creators, we do close readings of classic and current exemplars of the medium. And we invite you to join us every Tuesday here at MultiversityComics.com. So let's dig deep. And we are back with this week's books. We're going to do this a little bit out of order. We're going to talk about the the five or so books that are, quote, important this week. And then we'll kind of fly through the rest because there's a lot of stuff we want to get into. Uh, The first book we're going to talk about is Eternity Girl, number one, written by... Uh, Mags Visaggio, illustrated by Sonny Liu. Um, this is uh, perhaps, although not visually so, would you say that this might be the most old-school Vertigo-feeling Book of Young Animals so far? Yeah, I thought so. And I, I thought I thought it could have just as easily felt like a image comic or something, you know? Like something completely outside of DC. Yeah, I think I, I think I think that more. Um, I guess I was so tuned into the the similarities or the connection to the the Element Girl from the first arc of Sandman. Yeah, I don't remember that all that well. Okay, I don't I don't remember an Element Girl from Sandman. But she, looked I like metamor- she looked like Metamorpho. Like mm-hmm. female metamorpho. See, I guess maybe the new fifty two just uh when I think element girl, I think <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For better or worse. Um I do see okay, I do see the one you're talking about. Man, I completely forgot about that. That was like a major piece of the first arc or two. Well, uh, what issue was she? She doesn't. Uh, yeah, that's right. I don't. I can't remember. I. It's weird because I really don't remember her that well. She definitely faded pretty early, but while she was like around, there was there was relative import put on her. Um, Sandman reread, you guys. Well, I need to do it in time for the Sandman universe. Mm-hmm. It could be done pretty easily. Yep. Says you. I mean... How many volumes are in that? Well, it's only 75 issues, though. I guess so. It's like 10 volumes. Yeah. 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 Between okay. now and October, right? August? August. Plus Overture, plus if you wanted to read a couple of the other... Uh, yeah. Like tie-in things. Mm-hmm. But Eternity Girl, you guys. Eternity Girl. This is really good. It was really good. Mm, very good. 
definitely um maybe like my favorite first issue ever of the of the young animal of the young animal of the young animal yeah i think i can agree with that i identify i identify with a lot of it i will say that i think having um those like two page um primer type things leading up to this made it even more satisfying Mm -hmm. um not that it couldn't have worked without those but i think maybe a lot of my enjoyment stemmed from that too so um but a lot of my enjoyment just stemmed from how fun and how like fun the art is and how strong of a story it is yeah yeah it's really good it's um it's an interesting idea it's something that you could see how it fits into sort of the young animal aesthetic but it's not beating you over the head with a connection to young animal that isn't perhaps already there um it's sad it it has funny moments it's uh it's a really good issue yeah it it won me over right away so I want to talk about like the first six ish pages. So we get a little, we get a little background about her. She's in, she's in therapy, right? Mm -hmm. And her deal is that she can't die. Right. That's what makes her eternity girl. Um, and, but she's also suffering from this like depression I guess is what you would call it. And, um, you know, there's, there's a pitch for this book where you, you go, Oh, it's okay. It's dep- a depressed, uh, superhero that can't die. And you think, well, that's, I can imagine how that's going to play out. And it's not, it's maybe a cliche or something, but Magdalene Visaggio's smart enough to imbue it with depth and humor you know, it's it, it doesn't play it's it's sad, you're right, but it doesn't play with the melancholy for too long that it that it's really trying to force it on you. Oh, you know no, what I mean? It, it's not macabre. Yeah. It, right. And then like at the same time, like she, so she jumps off this bridge in the beginning of the book and she does this periodically because she she says at one point, I'm half convinced it'll actually work this time, you know, trying to kill herself. And but she she knows it won't because she lives forever and so then she's she's laying on the therapist's uh, bed or whatever and and says is that too macabre doctor I can never tell uh, and it is macabre but it's also there's also levity to it and also it feels very like layered and human it's not like you could have gone a couple different ways you could have made the you could have just hammered home the depression and made it the sad sack person, you know, you could have made it overly dark and grim for lack of a better word, emo, you know? And instead it's this really nice balanced, like when I said earlier that like I identify with this a lot, I've had thoughts like that. I'm, I can't live forever, obviously, but like I've had thoughts like this and yet I'm still like a upbeat person at times or a funny person at times you know it's just you're you're not all you're not one thing all the time and i feel like immediately in issue one 
Visaggio like fills this character with the depth. You know, it's a three dimensional. There are many sides to her personality. Right? Yeah, I agree with that. And uh and Sonny Lou is fucking incredible. <laughs> um I have no idea what happened in like the last three pages. Uh let's see. This is a great radio as Vince and I scroll. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess I should, it's like four to five the whole last sequence where they're having dinner outside the cafe or whatever well I assume this, okay this is what I assume and I could be like way wrong but this is um, basically what you see is like an interlude between her like superhero past, right? With this other with this other uh meta human character or whatever that yeah. she's with. And then meeting the present where they're basically they're they're like living normal human lives, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's something going on where they're they're gonna be needed again to be superheroes right and something something with reality maybe well, I, I took it that that she's making a, a pact with with some with some force some creature that can kill her by undoing all of reality yeah and uh, and I kind of saw the last like the last couple of pages there as just like that there's that one page where you see like the truck crashes into them and you see the earth kind of with all the like the static yeah the static kind of the glitching out and then she glitches out and and changes from like her element her elemental phase to like her human then sort of a, a mix of the two and then you see her back to being human again i just kind of saw that as like i guess a glimpse into the future but she was like a human the whole time that she was sitting there eating dinner, except for when everyone turns into skeletons for a panel and then the truck hits them and the world glitches out and then everything's back to normal. There's just a lot of symbolism and things going on that yeah. obviously we don't have the context for. Um, it's all very good. I don't, I don't think we're supposed to understand it right now. I, I mean, I guess I sort of took some of that as, as in like, like she's 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 gonna live forever. She's gonna be around when all these people are dead, and I wonder if there's something about her that where she envisions this. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. We'll learn more, but like, like when she's sitting around at that restaurant, I took that to mean like. I'm going to be here at the end of the world when all these people are dust, you know? Right. You're right. Yeah. Zach, you're right. I don't know what some of this like glitchy out stuff is, but, um, yeah, the bits and pieces that I took from it are that, you know, yeah, just what I said. So, yeah. 
thrilling radio that was. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, a, a great first issue. Really fun. And uh, as much as I'm loving the ongoings for Young Animal, I think a few more miniseries wouldn't be a bad thing either. Mm. But yeah, let's um, let's scoot over to Mr. Miracle, number seven, written by Tom King, illustrated by Mitch Garrods. Um, this is essentially a, a bottle issue of Barda having her baby. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't last issue end with her revealing she was pregnant? Yeah. So we have, we have a time jump here, and we're led to believe that there's been a war happening between Apocalypse and uh, New Genesis for the last however many months. Um, and uh, we get Barda and uh, Scott at the hospital. Uh, hi, Father Scott now. Yeah, hi, Father Scott. Oh, apparently, uh, he... even though they're in Los Angeles, he's driving a, a car purchased at the Leftorium. Because his steering wheel is on the wrong side of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Simpsons. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, the Furies come to visit in the hospital. <laughs> um, to me, this issue had some really, really fun stuff. It also had some incredibly Tom Kingy stuff. Oh yeah, that, that I'm just losing my patience for in general. Um, I think that there's this understanding between King and and his and sort of his fanboys that like that it's a good thing to try and ape normal quote unquote normal conversation. We talked about this before, but how normal mm-hmm. conversation makes for shitty comics, and there's a couple yep. of pages that are very much guilty of that. Like there, there, there's an entire page here where it's like Scott looks around, stretches, looks at his phone, puts his phone away. Yeah. While things yep. go beep beep. Oh, it's so mundane, isn't it? Yep. But but I do like this book on the whole. Yes, agreed. It's not like Batman where the, some of the same stuff just bothers the piss out of me because I don't like much else of what's going on. There's a lot of this I do like. I don't think it's changing comics, and I don't think it's like the greatest thing in the world. But there's a lot of it I do like. Mm-hmm. The the. But yeah, like the very kingy thing where like the valet shows up and the and the valet won't park the car. Like, that's not how a hospital valet works. <laughs> right. The hospital, that... <laughs> the hospital yeah. valet parks the car. Yeah. And if this is something that happened to Tom King in real life, then that was the shittiest valet in the history of the world. Right, it doesn't add anything to the story either. Right, it's just, it's there for comedic, mundane. Maybe the valet just was like, I I can't drive this, the steering wheel's on the wrong side. That could be, uh, yeah. (laughs) That's a very subtle joke, then. Do I look (laughs) left-handed to you, sir? Do I look left-handed to you, sir? No, he looks kind of like Army Hammer. Green Lantern? <laughs> Hopefully. Batman? <laughs> Not Batman. He was rumored to be Batman years ago. Well, wasn't he Batman in the Justice League? Yes. Uh, ju- yeah, yep. The the George Miller thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I do find the stuff between... I find the relationship between Scott and Barta to be pretty good in this book. Um, Dialogue kind of stinks at, at times, I think, but the relationship is very good, very real. Like, I believe the the love that we see between the two of them you know i think it's i think introducing a baby into the world of the new gods is interesting right yeah i did find i did find some of those baby names pretty funny too (laughs) yeah yep (laughs) yep especially when you think about some of the new gods names like um, yeah but yeah, you're right that I mean this probably is the biggest thing to possibly come out of this book because this is um you know this could potentially be like a um like a killing joke kind of moment where you have this book that's kind of a standalone thing doing its thing and then out of it you have this status quo change that affects yeah that line moving forward you know that's a good point, Zach. I'm sure that'll be the case. That like that's the thing because Tom King has said yes, this will, this will affect DC going forward. And I bet I bet it is simply the presence of the baby, probably. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how much of this is actually happening or not. That's true too. You're right. Um, I mean, I feel I wonder. There has to be some significance with them using that blade to cut the umbilical cord, like. Um, and especially with there being the the dark side is panel right there. I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge omen, right? It's gotta be, I mean, this is, has to be a very bad thing that has happened. I felt like it was a terrible thing that happened. Yeah, this was a, this was a fine issue. I, yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, the the criticisms that were levied against it are definitely valid, um, especially the valet part. Um, see, I, I I could see King throwing that in as a clue that like, oh, this isn't really happening the way Scott sees it as happening. Mm-hmm. Like, look at this. You know, this is a glitch in the matrix, for better for lack of a better term. You know. Um, but unless it's that, I don't see the point in it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's talk about Action Comics number 999. <sighs> Much like Herman Cain's 999 plan. You guys remember that? <laughs> yeah. Politics in 2008, boys. Um, or is that 2012? Probably 2012. Um... So this is uh, this is an issue where John wears a hat. This is a thousand letter for some reason. That's what this is. John is wearing a baseball cap. This is one thousand. Oh, one thousand. The whole time. Yes. Well, it's. Yeah, I know. We're almost there. I know why. I'm Action guy. Comics one thousand, yeah. Brian. Yeah, Come on, what are you? What are you? What are you dumb? I am, but I do get it. What are you slow? I am, but I do get it. Uh, but yeah, this is the. Uh, uh, the Sam Lane and Lois Lane reconciliation issue. This is the uh, Hank Headshaw 
uh, Pleasure Dome issue. <laughs> this is the... He's it's, jacking it in there. Yeah, he totally is. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is that moment when you realize that there are two identical Cyborg Superman with two different identities <laughs> walking around the DC Universe issue. I think about it every day. Oh, I thought the other Cyborg Superman died, didn't he? Didn't he get killed? The world will never know. No, it. well, he was protected by Supergirl. Remember, that's like the whole big thing? But then he thought he got captured by the DEO, and I thought they killed him. But my, my point stands that at one point there were two different Cyborg Superman. That's true. Who that, both you're like, right. Who both like ripped Superman costumes, ripped in the same yeah. way, and Cyborg right. faces for half their faces. And uh, yeah, anyway. Um, this is a garbage comic again, guys. Oh, garbage! Are you going to defend this? I'm not going to defend it. I don't think it was garbage, though. I thought the Sam Lane. I thought the Sam Lane stuff was garbage. I actually kind of liked the the Cyborg Superman stuff. You didn't think it was immensely problematic? Well, how do you mean? My first thought was like. Okay, so Superman is saying that there's one villain in all of in all of the world that deserves this pleasure dome, and he's gonna give it to him and fuck everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I like, agree. He, Superman was right. Oh, and and, and I, I mean, it's all problematic. Uh, the stuff he was saying about the Phantom Zone that was actually pretty good, but his solution yeah. is to like. Trap him in a prison of the mind, yeah. basically. <laughs> Don't you wish we could do that to people? I mean, sign uh, me up right myself. now. Myself? Yeah. <laughs> but. Don't you wish, uh... oh, like here, I just saw, I'm on Twitter, I just saw something from Ted Nugent come across. Don't you wish we could put him in a pleasure dome where he gets to think that he's firing guns all the time? <laughs> But he is firing guns all the time. He doesn't need yeah, a but, pleasure dome. But away what? from us. Away from society. <laughs> I have to share this. One of my favorite bits of... Uh, a friend of mine used to always play like bits of stage banter from live concerts. And oh, there's, no. there's a Ted Nugent concert recorded in San Antonio. And it starts off with them saying, Hey, San Antonio, suck my bonio. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, he truly was a a, a master of yeah. uh, lyric lyricism. Yeah. He has some great stage banter. Sounds good. The car goes, yeah. He goes, fuck you. Sounds great. Yeah, that's I've heard that one. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, yeah, no, but I don't know. I I, I just felt like I like the idea of like we can do better than the Phantom Zone. I don't like the idea of like. I have built this extension on my house for this one <laughs> villain to live in his jerk-off fantasy all the time. <laughs> Alright, it was late when I read this, okay, yeah. and I felt happy for him, He's so... Like, Hank, there's a, lot, there's a closet full of tissues, let me know when you run out. Uh... Uh... I like that Sam Lane is basically uh, Michael Flynn... General Flynn, and um, no, and and Lois, Lois is basically um, Mike Flynn Jr. <laughs> no, 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 no. Lois is actually um, Edward Snowden, okay, right, or Chelsea Manning, and 
even though she's not. She, Lois is totally a neolib. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're supposed to forget that uh, Sam Lane did a Benghazi or something. I don't. I don't know <laughs> where I'm going with this. <laughs> It seems to me like Sam Lane is on more than one Benghazi, but that's a whole other story. Uh, yeah. No, I um, I feel like this type of story has been told 400 times where insert authority figure here says superhero is bad, and the people who know who the superhero's identity is have to argue the superhero is good. And mm-hmm. it's it was interesting once, I guess, but it hasn't been interesting in a very, very long time. And all the Sam Lane stuff just bored me to tears. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of that stuff. So, Oh, man, 1,000 is right around the corner, yeah. though. Uh, scientists out there, if you can find a way to trap Vincent and jerk off fantasy, he would be very, very thankful. <laughs> Since he loves you so much. Yeah. All right. The DC3 cast is my jerk-off fantasy. Well, you're trapped here forever, so... (laughs) We are the Hotel California of comics podcasts. Ah. Too long and full of white guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're Mike Love. (laughs) He's in the Beach Boy, not the Eagles. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's true. I, I mean, still, like, still, still, fuck you. That's a horrible thing to say to a friend. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Let's talk about Detective Comics, number 976, written by James Tiny IV, illustrated by Javier Fernandez. Um, so I missed, when I, when I first read this quickly... I missed that the the first scene takes place se- takes place several weeks ago, and when I saw Clayface come back, I was like, oh, "Clayface!" But no, he's still dead. Bet you were confused. Uh, no, I was, I was hopeful, and then that <laughs> hope was dashed. Um, so Zach, you've been kind of quiet tonight. What do you think of this issue? I was only quiet because you guys sabotaged my feed, and I couldn't talk for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, I had so much insight on the DC Black Label. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, this was spectacular, delightful, wonderful. Don't let it end. Yeah, this is... Tinian's stuff is getting so good that it's such a shame that it's like, what, four... Three or four or five issues from the end? Uh, there's... Two in May, two in April, and I guess one more. So yeah, five more issues. Oh man, that, I, I'm, that I'm really said, like he's going out on a high note here. It seems like it's all coming together in a way that I guess would only make sense if a run is coming to the end, you know. But right, it's oh, it's so good. I mean, let's actually talk about why it's good. First of all. He t- with that Clayface thing, he tugs your heartstrings right away again, you know? And then just... You know, how many times can we see the, the Bat family, like, argue about Batman's methods, and yet this feels entirely fresh and new? Mm-hmm. 
that's the weird thing to me because I feel like I feel like we've been arguing about Batman's methods for thirty years, and yeah. yet Tynion found a avenue into it that's completely new. Um. Also, Javi Fernandez's art is quite good here. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's a panel where Dick looks like a character from Akira, though I think. <laughs> I mean, Dick it's or on Tim? Dick. Or wait. Is Dick is Dick's in this, right? I don't think so. Maybe you're thinking. I think if it's the panel that I'm thinking of, Vince, it's Bruce. Oh, that's is it the one where he's talking to Leslie. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that kind of like middle thin one. Yeah. Obviously, I know mean, that it is super confusing because she does call him Bruce, but um... no, no, no. Hey, hey, shut up, shut up. <laughs> When I read it, I obviously knew that, but I'm like scrolling through now, and tell me that that doesn't look like Dick. If you it were just, looks, it does look like Dick because I just made the same mistake, and then I saw the, yeah, the, I mean, the I, name. Yeah, I've said this before. I'll say it again. You guys don't know Dick. <laughs> I guess I don't know Bruce either. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah. Obviously, when I read the book at the time, I know, I, I know, I know, I know. All right. God, you fucking pedant. <laughs> yeah, I'm the pedant of the DC3 cast. Well, who is? Me? <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I have no idea, actually. We're all we're all horrible in our own ways. Um, what did you guys think of the colony stuff in this issue? Uh, pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's... You know, it's interesting because she does the, you know, the whole, like, nobody dies today thing. We're going to do this the right way. But of after, course... After killing someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after killing somebody. And of course, we're going to find out later, like, I'm sh- I'm sure this whole thing is going to be corrupted by Jacob Kane or whatever, you know. It's going to turn out poorly. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Tim's, like, already... Things aren't looking great for Tim. That's great. Oh, I'm gonna read you my. I'm gonna read you guys my favorite sentence of the week. Okay. Okay. This is Ulysses is saying this. In my hand is the entire history of the future, stolen right from the central computer of your future self. That's my favorite. It's pretty good. Can that's we... that's that's like a, a just a notch or two below. We're gonna. Send the whatever through the uh, no that that sentence from metal is is way crazier. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, what I was going to say is, can we just please hope that this story shifts over to Batwoman now that this book is is ending, and so Batwoman can be half as good as this book is. Oh, you mean you mean like the actual Batwoman book? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, anything else to add? Um, 
kind of sucked except for Cass. She's the best. <laughs> yeah. And I love that Barbara is is the uh is the like acknowledged voice of reason now. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Babs is great too. She's not in this issue physically, only but, but her presence is totally felt. Yeah, and she is also the best. What can I say? Men are dirt bags. I'm a teenage dirt bag. I got you tickets to Iron Maiden, baby. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about Supergirl number nineteen, uh, written by Steve Orlando and Vita Ayala, illustrated by Jamal Campbell. He's Jamal Campbell's done a couple other issues of Supergirl, hasn't he? Or is he he's done pop, popping up around Rebirth a lot? JLA, uh, I believe, some Green Arrow, maybe another issue or two of Supergirl. He's been around, yeah. And this sure. is the good Jamal Campbell. Yes. We've had a few not good ones. Yeah. You know, I think it's not like uh, Philip Tan where it's a 50-50 split between the good Philip Tan and the bad Philip Tan. I think Jamal Campbell is like, we see the good one 80% of the time, I think. That sounds about right, yeah. Uh, So this this issue is, um, it's kind of a bottle issue. It's kind of an issue where it doesn't, necessarily push the the plot of the series along all that much aside from, from some uh, DEO business. But in terms of what comics can be, in terms of beacons of hope, and in terms of um, stories that can inspire people, I think that this is a, a, an incredibly important and incredibly successful issue that deals with Lee, a non-binary character, and how... Supergirl helps her to helps Lee rather to uh you know um come to terms with who they are and to uh just to sort of trust people. Uh it 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 sounds trite and cliche as I'm saying it, but at least to me the issue rang very true. What did you guys think? Zed um yeah, I mean, it was a really good. It it was really good at at capturing, you know, all of the reasons Supergirl is great and has been great in this run, and um, and spoke to a lot of like really important social issues of the day and, and also managed to like pay some service toward the overarching plot as well too. So good, uh, good penultimate issue. There might be two more issues actually. I really, I think this was the second to last one. I'm almost positive, but I'll double check. Vince, what'd you think? Yeah, I, I really liked this a lot. I thought it was, um, an incredible issue, really, like a land a landmark issue. First of all, for uh, representation of non-binary people, um, but also just like it's. I think a couple times a year, DC and Marvel should try to do issues like this that can stand alone and and be different and tell you something about the the current zeitgeist, you know. Um, because I feel like, uh, again, this is probably trite while I'm saying it, but, um, 
superheroes have always had political and social issues at the forefront, you know, and they've always updated with the times as things become more accepted as they should, you know, um, that stuff has always been represented in comics. And, uh, I was, I, I saw, uh, Vita Ayala, um, on Twitter talking today about how, you know, there was some negative backlash from the type of people that you would expect to this issue, but she was heartened by the fact that I, she thought that the positive response far outweighed the negative. Yeah, I, I just want to clarify. I believe they prefer the, the pronoun they. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yes. Thank you. No, no, See? Look, no and look, this is <laughs> I, I did it before with, with the character Lee in the book. This is something that obviously, you know, doesn't come naturally to people. It's something you have it, to be informed about and you have to make an effort for. And I think that that just goes to show how important this issue is because DC decided they were going to make the effort for this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, obviously um, nothing meant by that. But, um, uh, yeah, so anyway, they were talking about how, um, uh, you know, the, the positive response far outweighed the um, negative. And that was really heartening to me, too, because um, I'm kind of sick of people saying, like, oh, comics shouldn't be political uh, they should just tell me a story. Well, how many stories can you tell without including things like social issues, political issues? Um, and, and, and that's code word for don't fuck with my comics. It that, is. Yeah. It, and, and, and don't, don't, yeah. Don't put stuff in there that I don't explicitly, because I'm pretty sure a lot of those people probably didn't have a problem with, uh, Superman taking, John around and making him kiss all the monuments in Washington DC, right? right? Yeah. Um they were not saying that in regards to those two issues in a row that we read that were not telling you a straight story. They were giving you a political slanted view of America, even if it's one you agree with or even if it's one where you partially agree with it and other things you didn't. There's no denying that there was a political bent to I mean everything's politics, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, superheroes can teach you things and they can, you know, be an inspiration to you. And, um, and we have to have an open mind, you know? And I thought this was a really, uh, really exemplary issue as far as allyship goes, too, you know? Mm -hmm. It's showing, it's talking directly about how Supergirl can be an ally or how, how to be an ally. You know, it's not, it's not a lecture, but there's things in this issue that show Supergirl being an ally in the way that is helpful, you know, um, and not harmful and getting the pronouns right is part of that. And so <laughs> that that's on me too, you know. No, but 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 again, there there was no intent behind that and it's something that, you know, while it's certainly more accepted today, you know, Vince you and I are guys in our 30s. This was not something we dealt with probably for the first 25 years of our lives more. Well, and it's it's also very difficult especially when you're dealing with people online that you aren't 
that you've never actually spoken with, maybe have never even seen or engaged with in any way other than seeing a name on a page. Absolutely. Um, so, um, it requires communication and yeah. And also I'm the DC three pedant and <laughs> issue 20 is the last issue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I want to make one other note here about, um, I think sometimes when Jamal Campbell is the bad Jamal Campbell, his work can appear just stiff and a little bit too reliant on sort of the photorealism. And I feel like this issue had a nice balance of, of those really nice, you know, um, quasi-realistic figures, but it, it never felt uh, stiff or uh, posed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I had this weird realization that uh, Kara kind of looks like uh, Chris Evans. I'm sorry, that's not clear. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a picture in the second in the chat of her looking like Chris Pine. Wait, she looked like Kara. Yeah, you're saying yes. okay. She could be like Chris oh, Pine's sister. The yep, it's I, the eyes. I, yep, yep, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's that. Um, do you guys think that... Well, first of all, it's really weird that Supergirl's being canceled. We've talked about it a little bit before, but it's it's really, really weird. Um, do you guys think that we're going to see Kara join a uh, a team? Is there going to be a Superman family book? What do you guys think is going to happen with her? There will be another Supergirl book. They'll relaunch it. Maybe not right away. There yeah. it is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, well, I think all of the, I think the old Superman line is getting reorganized. I mean, what's left aside from... Well, Super Sons is gone, too. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, what I'm saying. So what's still, what's still around? Superman in action. Which are both being relaunched. Right, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Superwoman's gone, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing a super family book. Yeah, that, yeah, that'll have to be something. Bendis will do like a, a six issue, a third, like six issue series that'll get picked up by someone else after that, or it'll be like co written by him and someone and. Yeah, it'll it'll happen. All right, well, let's let's kind of rapid fire some of these books now. Uh, Backer on the Birds of Prey, number twenty, written by the Bensons, illustrated by Roge Antonio. Oh man, did you guys read this? Zach did not. I can tell you that mm-hmm. much. <laughs> Is this the last issue? No, there's one more of this. One more, okay. Maybe two we- more. We should play. Did Zach read the issue or not? Oh, I know which one Zach. I quizzed them before the show when you when you were we're waiting for you. I said, "All right, oh, okay. Zach, you didn't read this one, this one, this one." And I got them all right. So nice. Okay, yeah. great. You you guessed um, one incorrectly. I did. I did. I, I guessed one extra one that I thought you didn't read. Boy, Helena's really weird in this. Yes, she is. She's. Oh yeah. She's just gonna murk a guy in front of his kids. 
then she do. then she doesn't, but <laughs> she's really she's really hardcore in this in a way that like uh, I don't know. She's I don't been know hanging out I... with Constantine too much. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. This is not much to say about this one. No, agreed. Um, was that a killer moth cameo, by the way, Vince? I don't know. Was it what page? Uh, page, it's it's early on. It's like page three or four, where Barbara. It's page two actually. Barbara's like choking out somebody. Oh. No, that's Brack from Space Ghost. <laughs> that's the answer I was hoping to say. Oh, Brack. Hey, <laughs> I, I can't do a good Brack. Neither can I. Um. I was up with the Flash. Not, not Bragg, Zorak. Zorak, I'm sorry. Is, yeah, Brack is a totally different character. Yeah, Brack. I'm Brack. <laughs> I can do a Brack. <laughs> oh, God. I'm fucking up a lot of stuff tonight. It shark, is late. A shark late. on whiskey is mighty risky. A shark on beer is a beer engineer. What the fuck is that? Space Ghost says that in one episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. <laughs> okay. That's I good. am the knife, knifing around. Okay, great, 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 great. I I can quote some more Space Ghost if you want. No, that's fine. That's all right. (laughs) All right, Space Uh, Ghost is great, but it is. It is. Go down that rabbit hole all night. All right. Uh, When have we stopped going down rabbit holes? We spent twenty five minutes talking about Arrested Development again. Yeah. Yep. You're right. (laughs) All right. The Flash number forty two. Uh, written by Josh Williamson, illustrated by uh, who did this one? This was not one of the normal. This was, uh, was Dan Panosian. Dan, yeah. Dan Panosian, yeah. Um, the great Dan Panosian. I love his work. I wish he'd do more DC stuff. Yeah, this it, it worked for this title in particular too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of good um, Wally action here. A lot of good Wally. Uh, I'm loving this arc. I love I love that every member of the Flash family is involved. Mm-hmm. But man, Barry. Well, Barry's a Barry's a dick. Barry's the worst in this. It yeah. almost feels out of character. It's almost um, like they're. Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, is that st- are we going to find out that that's still like the negative Flash in him or oh, Bar- Barry's a scroll? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yep, it's the clone conspiracy. I just, I wonder, like, because we've got Flash War coming up, right? And yep. I'm wondering how much Wally is going to kind of take over. Man, Wally Wally should just take this book over. We need a Wally book. Yeah. Get get Barry the hell out of here. Maybe maybe what Williamson's trying to do is trying to, like, like sell Barry out to, to get Wally over, you know? What I was going to say is I just feel like this is, like, uh, this is Williamson's way of of making the Flash War something people can take sides on, as opposed to just everyone loves Barry. Barry's obviously the one who's right here. You have, no, if, but if loves so, Barry. Well, I, I I think I think fans that are younger than us maybe do. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think I mean I'm, the twist at the end was pretty obvious, but it still really worked. Oh yeah. 
Um, and what was that twist, Brian? Let's t- let's tell our listeners who. Well, the, you know, the whole time Wally is saying to Barry, like, "Don't use the lightning rod; it's not going to go well." Whatever, and Barry gets his powers back, but in doing so, he has like, amped Grodd's uh, psychic abilities, and the entire Team Flash is now against him and controlled by Grodd. Indeed. Uh, do we think that there's any redemption for Mina? In this arc, or no? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know one way or another. I thought I guess. so before this issue. I don't think so now. No. I think so. Maybe not. Maybe not in this arc. Maybe in the Flash War arc. I don't think that this arc will be the end of her. I'm not saying the end of her. I don't know if she'll be redeemed, though. No, I know, I know. But, uh, I mean, I just like, I mean, I, she, you know, she could very easily go away after this arc, but I think she'll stick around. Okay. Let's talk about how Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, uh, number 40, written by Robert Venditti, illustrated by Rafa Sandoval. I'm going to, I'm going to just tell you, Vince, that Zach did not read this one. (laughs) He didn't? What? I never would have guessed that. Yeah. I'm setting this arc out. Maybe all the arcs. <laughs> the, we'll Zach, we'll I, see. I bet you could guess beat by beat what happened in this well, issue. Well, I, I did like skim through the issue. I didn't read it. I did flip through it, and that I honestly felt like enough to understand yeah. what was happening. Um, yeah. I mean, what, like the Green Lantern Corps shows up to fight Zod. They, the Guardians are pissed. Yep, the Guardians are pissed. They get a few good punches in, kind of, kind of, you know, buy enough time while Hal like regains his lanternness or whatever, and then of course he shows up at the end. And oh man, it's so by the numbers. I will say this: uh-huh. at least it's not Vince Giver. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> that can we just say that that is a. Um, an addendum that we could put regarding any book that DC publishes that we have to read. Yeah, but he did a bunch of issues of this book. I'm just saying for, for now and for future purposes, any that's... book that doesn't have Ethan Van Skyver on it automatically gets like a half a point. Okay, that's fair. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Justice League of America, number 26, written by Steve Orlando, illustrated by Miguel Mendonca. Um... Okay. Go ahead. Go, go. No. Uh, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say I absolutely love the last four pages of this book. I love the the falling action of everything. Where Batman and Canary come back mm-hmm. and Bruce is fucking smiling the whole time. I love like a positive Bruce, you know? <laughs> and I love the depart departing scene between uh, Lobo and um, Ryan. Ryan that was perfectly done. Tell him to frag himself. Um, and then this like whack like whacked out glimpse into the future that the issue ends on. 
Yeah. Those are all those are all beats that I just that is exactly what I want from uh like second tier team book. Agreed. The main the main story, I don't know how interested I was in it. It was it was like an entire issue's worth of not even there wasn't even a lot of action. It was just like a philosophical discussion about an arc I don't give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, Batman. Yes. Yes. Batman. I need. I need. I need Scarlet Witch to come in and just say no more Batman. <laughs> Sorry, but it's not going to happen. Ugh. Tell that to Brian Michael Bendis, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now more than ever. Um, so that brings us to Michael Cray, number six. Uh, I like to call this book the Book of a Thousand Nut Faces. Uh, Michael Cray, this book is Cray, if you ask me. Yeah. (laughs) Just take a look at the one I I just dropped. Cray, like... Yeah. (laughs) Like Cray, like Cray, like Cray, like uh, Crazy, like Crazy. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah, do you, this is just uh, I I may be way off base here. Do you guys think this is the book that halfway through is going to be something completely different? No, that's still on the horizon. Yeah, no. It seems I, like we have a pretty big status quo change here. You know, I don't know what he meant by that. Uh, he being Ellis. Yeah. I don't really see how it changes. I mean, it goes from being this like spy thing to this like weird cosmic thing where he's possessed by venom and yeah. I thought I thought Ellis was saying it would be like it would be a, a different title, book, a title yeah. change. Right. Which but uh, but I mean at that point it's like I thought that too, but then when I think about when he said it halfway through, it it kind of implies that this book would continue, you know. Yeah. But also, who knows if that's even happening anymore? Right. Um. But yeah, this um. I actually kind of liked this issue. Uh, did you guys see the Constantine thing coming a while away? Only because I, mean, I had flipped to the last page before I read the issue, but I mean, when he said bollocks in, in it, yeah, between the bollocks like, and the cigarette, yeah, oh yeah, it is funny that this Earth's uh, Constantine is Brian Michael Bendis, though. Oh, it's Grant Morrison. It's Billy Corgan. <laughs> it's uh, Mr. Clean. It's Mr. Wizard. <laughs> Mr. Wizard wasn't I just fucking with you, I don't know. <laughs> Damn you, it's Billy Zane. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um I yeah, I I, I kind of like this book. It's such a breezy read. It is. That I I can't be too upset with it. Mm. It is very breezy. 
Imagine if there were like words all over all these pages. Oh, I'd hate it. <laughs> I just love the way you said that. Noted word hater, Zach Wilkinson. <laughs> oh, I'd hate it. <laughs> if it had more words, I wouldn't read it. Yeah. I only read this book because I, I know I can read it in three minutes. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about New Superman and the Justice League of China, number 21, written by Jane Yang, illustrated by Brent Peoples. It's very good. It is very good. <laughs> Thank you, Borat. Yeah, yeah I love uh, everything about this book. Um, I mean, the book was so good to begin with, but then bringing the Korean Aquaman in Oh, and giving him that 10 out of 10 costume, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that last page? Just when you think that you know what something is, Gene Lu and Yang, man, just completely flips the script. I love his Simpsons love. The uh, the Aquaman guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the sort of subtle <laughs> political commentary that was going on. Yep. This is good shit. Very much so. I'm so happy this book is still around. Um, am I the only one who read Ragman? Uh, no, I read it. Oh, man, was it bad. Yeah, again, like this is such a waste of considerable art talent. Because Anaki Miranda is quite good. And Ray Fox is better than this. Yep. Yep. And can I just say, like, there's a part at the end where he says, I'm going to stick around for a while. (laughs) Implying that we may actually see Ragman again sometime in the near future. I don't think there's any chance we see Ragman again (laughs) until the next time they do this. Are are we going to take Superwoman-esque bets for this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so you're saying that we're not going to see Ragman again until there's another Ragman miniseries. Yes, and I'm going to put a year on it. Okay. Say five years. Five years. So you're saying in 2023, in the tail end of Trump's second term, we'll see Ragman again. Yeah, yes. We'll need Ragman again at that point. <laughs> we'll need him again? Okay. Uh, Vince, I mean, Zach, what do you say? We're never going to see Ragman again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then to be contrary, I say we'll see him again by the end of this year. <laughs> All right. Just to take some different positions. All right. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 20, written by Scott Lobdell, illustrated by Dexter Soy. Um, more of the same, except there's that weird, weird moment where uh, Bizarro almost kills, him, <laughs> kills a room full of villains. And, and Jason Todd stops him, saves him, sort of. Sort of. Um, I, I love... 
uh, Amazons don't scoot. Yep. <laughs> I love lamp. <laughs> uh, if we're going down an Anchorman path here, then uh, let me just get out or of the way. Slide. I'm sorry, it's <laughs> slide. No, I mean, I mean the page on uh, the lamp on page six. There's a lamp on page six of this book, and I, I love was going to say Dorothy Mantooth is a saint, and we'll move on. Um, I, I, you know, I still like this comic a lot, despite my better, my best judgment. You said there's a picture of a fucking lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't lying about the lamp in this book. That's called quick thinking. It is. That's levitation, Holmes. Um, Mind bullets. Yeah. That's telekinesis, Zach. This, this bizarro turn has been like some of the best shit of Rebirth, I think. And it's from Scott Labdell, goddammit. Yeah, I don't know how that's happened. And every time I see Pup Pup, I say Pup Pup to myself silently. The fact that you call it Pup Pup means that. <laughs> Thank you. And I was reading this comic next to my wife, and when I my saw wife. Pup Pup, yeah, when I saw Pup Pup, I pointed at the comic and said, "That's Pup Pup." <laughs> oh, we are so deep in our own bullshit. It's not even funny. Oh man. <laughs> that whole conversation was inside jokes and references to stuff that 90% of our audience has no idea about. No, they're going to love it. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're not even listening at this point. Yeah. We're, we're past the two-hour mark. Are we? Of recording? I don't know. The show's probably a little bit less than that, but it's all right. All right. Uh, sideways, Party. number two, written by uh, Dan Dudio and Justin Jordan, illustrated by Kenny Rockefort. This book was almost good. Almost oh, okay. It's almost good, isn't it? It's is almost good. Like it really had it until the the end. <laughs> I I kind of feel the yes. I kind of feel the exact same way. Like okay, I this like judge that shows up. I forget the name. His name is Judge. His name is Judge. The Judge. God damn you. Every week with the Judge. Tempest Fusionot. Right? Sure. Yeah. Huguenot. (laughs) Huguenot? (laughs) Peter Griffin is a self-described Huguenot, whatever that is. Um, That's a family guy joke. We're we're, um, evolving. Yeah. Oh God! Um, oh, holy crap, Lois! <laughs> this is just like that time. No, um, I I like the giggity. giggity. <laughs> oh Very man, yes. si- sideways, sideways is to the New Age of Heroes what Miss Anne Margaret is to er er er. No, 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 no. This is almost a good book. Like I like, I like the pacing of it a lot. I like the rhythms that it's on because he's kind of like bouncing from one thing to the next. It's 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 very much in the mold of the classic Peter Parker, like having to cover up for why he broke his arm, you right, know. Right. And it totally it totally works until the end. You're right. It 
goes off the rails. It's like, what is going on at the end when this other like metahuman shows up? And... My speed kills. That's why I call myself Kill Speed. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Does does every character like every new character in the DCU have to have just the worst name ever? Mm, Bur- it... Burn rate. Kill speed. Uh, um, August Hart. <laughs> what was that? Um, what was the the villain in the first arc of Cyborg? Oh God, there was there were many in <laughs> Cyborg that uh, all of them. Oh, um, Bleeding Gums Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> yes, that's it. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. No, there was like yeah, there were a lot of bad names in Cyborg. A lot of a lot of computer puns. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this book. I mean, like, the end of the book wasn't so bad that it can't recover from it, but it was just a very, very not satisfying ending to the issue. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the new character looks like not dissimilar to the silencer. Speaking of that, did you notice the the thugnut at the beginning <laughs> says? <laughs> He, he says. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about here? Tempest, Tempest, Fuginot, I think is how you pronounce that. But I, I'm pretty sure Zach uh, said a slur when. He... <laughs> anyway, he says damage and silence on the first page. My God, you're right. Is it, wait, is Tempest Fuginot going to be the uh, Pandora of the, the New Age of Heroes? Yes, he looks like yes. the brother of Omak from Legends of the Hidden Temple, <laughs> um, except this one fucks. Well, it's as it with a nut face, yeah. <laughs> you know the way I'm saying it, it's really not that different from the way it's. <laughs> <laughs> Record late at night, either all the time or never again. I can't decide. Uh, let's talk about Suicide Squad because we Tempus have to. Tempest O'Crumbo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hang on, I can finish this. I can finish this. Tempest Fig Nuts. It's a C Lab 2021 goof. There we go. Got it. Full circle. Full circle. My dog is going nuts in the other room because of this. Um, all right. All right. Let's 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 drain the swamp yeah. of the Suicide Squad. So, suicide Squad. It's finally been drained. It's, it's... They nope. did it. The jobs are coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Steel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not Toys R Us. Oh, don't even too soon. Yeah. Um, oh. My wife went uh, last night to try and use our last like gift cards we had in the house for Toys R Us stuff. And she Did said, you use it to buy Amiibos? Did you buy all the Amiibos? She said the place is pretty picked thin. Mm-hmm. So. I'd go for the Lego. We, mm-hmm. we tried for Lego. There was almost no Lego left. Damn. 
So already, man. And you have to realize the street that this Toys R Us is on is um less than a mile from one Jeffrey Way, the corporate headquarters of Toys R Us. Like I live ten minutes from the corporate headquarters. So you would think if any store would be like well stocked and, you know, ready to go it would be this one, but uh no. I have, have you ever have you ever met Jeffrey? I have not. Um but I have friends who are losing their jobs because they work there and that's sad. That is sad. So um anyway, let's get off that hideous topic get to this hideous topic. Uh written by Rob Williams, illustrated by Jose Luis. Um so all you really need to know, Zach, because I'm sure you didn't open this book. I did actually open it. I looked at okay. it. Who, who, who's this Captain Fro, Frosaka? Fro, Frohas, Prohaska? Huh? The the guy in the um, flag suit. The wall? No. That's his name? That's his name, the wall, yeah. Yeah. I thought that's they so had confusing. To, they had to slander a Polish man to make a Trump reference, I think, is what had to happen. But I, my, I, my people had to get stepped but Amanda on. Waller is the wall. That you wait, wait been... did you not read the last couple issues, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> when Zach is the one breaking up, you know shit's got broken bad for our show. Yeah, it's gonna make us both break up, and then yeah. then the DC three is gonna break up. Yeah, never, oh, never. Um, um, so how many we we okay? We should go back and count how many issues of Rob Williams' Suicide Squad ended with most of the Suicide Squad scattered on the floor. I feel like it's all half of them. Of them. Half yeah. of them. Um. So my question is, uh, did Captain Boomerang actually die? Because he does not appear to come back with them. As we all know, he's every died character... like five times in this yeah. series. Yes. Every character who dies in this comic is dead forever. Yep. We've not seen Amanda Waller since she died. We've not seen... Hack. Hack since she died. Hack is not one of the major focal points of this issue. Um, we've not seen... There were other people that died... What's his name? The guy that Harley's macking on. Oh, uh, Rick Flag. Flag, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's dead. I haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. They're all dead. They got it's like Rick. it's like how everyone misinterprets Lost. Only yeah. in this case they're right. That's right. In reality, the brain bombs all went off. <clears throat> they are all in purgatory and we're there with them. That's the life yeah. and death theme from Lost Vince. You didn't watch that show. Yeah, not really. I mean, on and off. Um, yeah. This book is trash. Titans, number 21. Written by Dan Abnett. Illustrated by Paul Pelletier. Um, oh, those pouty Pelletier lips. <laughs> Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> Heroes. Yeah, poor um, man's lost. You might say Kingdom Hearts. Then ah, come on, ah yes, simple and clean is how you're making me feel, Zach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now Brian's the alienated one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something, something, uh, Goofy and Seth Sephiroth in the same game. Yeah, that's weird. 
Um, okay. Uh, I really like Pelletier art. Um, I think this book is so good when he's drawing it. When Brett Booth's the... not drawing it. Yes. Yep. Apologies to Bort Breath. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> My son is also named Bort Breath. Yeah. <laughs> Monster. Uh... Monster Mala and the Brain have been killing it lately. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. My, it, my old so-and-so. <laughs> uh, if you're writing a comic book for Marvel or DC, all you have to do is put a primate or an ape or a gorilla. I don't know all the categories because I'm not like a zoologist or something. And I don't, you know, if I say the wrong thing, I'm sorry. Make, put a, a, a an ape in your book and make him cute and sad and that hits me right in the feels it'll work every time sure okay you insensitive fuck you don't agree with me (laughs) like (laughs) the and I said the, sure, yes, whatever. The, the brain like accidentally telling Monster Mala that he won't need him anymore, or it won't need him anymore. Do you think the this brain is, has sentient blood, like in like yes, in Silencer? Like in Silencer, yes. I don't mean this as an ironic joke. I seriously want to know the answer. Is is the brain? Does the brain have a gender? It's, it's a, it's a, it's a construct. He can have one if he wants one. Well, yes. I'm just asking if something had been established. Like Monsieur Mala is a, identifies as a man. I'm assuming because it, his name is Monsieur. You know. <laughs> yeah. Does the brain is this like? Um, we just say Mala. <laughs> I'm going to give you such a banger in the mouth, Brian. <laughs> uh, I'm just curious as to whether the brain is male or female or non-binary or I what. I had thought that there was some talk that the brain was supposed to be male and this was a, a homosexual relationship. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I can only find wiki pages for Mala, not for the brain. Well, that's a gross oversight. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Ah, here's one. Um, he is male, according to dcwikia.com. Okay, cool. I, I will say that I... Uh, I was legitimately just interested in yeah, if that say. had been established. I, I'm not loving the characterization of Wally. Not Wally, I'm sorry, of Roy in this book right now. I feel like no one is listening to him. And the whole idea of the Titans is that they're supposed to be like friends as well as teammates. Mm-hmm. And they're all being pretty shitty friends. And I understand that's kind of the idea, but I feel like it's out of character. Well, he's also like not communicating very well. Like he could have just told Donna, like, Cheshire drugged me. And she wouldn't have had to assume that he had fallen off the wagon. But he's trying to mack it to, to Donna. 
He doesn't want to lose his chance here. Well, also his problem. Anything else to add? Uh, Justice League, they're all they're all still big jerks. Yeah. yeah, they are. They are dicks. All right, Trinity, number 19, written by James Robinson, illustrated by Jack Herbert. Oh, boy, we got a one-two punch coming up here. Now, everybody knows that the Warlord is dead. What this book presupposes is maybe he's not. <laughs> You win that joke, too, every week. <laughs> well, the, the, DC has to give me reasons to stop using it. Is yeah. is fake fake Steve Trevor, like, the most boring way that this could have turned out? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't read this. What happened? Well, the only thing <laughs> in the universe more boring than Steve Trevor is fake Steve Trevor. So. Yeah. You know how they've been uh, talking to somebody this whole time, Zach? Uh-huh. It turns out that... They were being debriefed by Argus, by Steve Trevor. Only, psych, it's not Steve Trevor. Who is it? Is it, uh... It's Deimos. De- uh, Deimos. De- ah. That scoundrel. Yeah. And, uh, Warlord isn't dead. They were just saying he was dead in case Deimos <laughs> was listening in on their conversation. Uh, just something... That Just something actual... you say to sound cool. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh. Yeah, that's all I have to say about this issue, Vince. Yeah, it's not very good. All right, last and least, Wonder Woman okay. number 42. Boy, oh, jeez. by James Robinson, illustrated by Jesus Marino. I'm going to make a point. Zach, did you read this? I surprisingly actually did. I was going to skip it. But then I read it. Alright, well I want you guys to talk about the issue first, but can I want to I want to put a question to the both of you first. How did DC let this happen to their Wonder Woman book after the wildly successful Wonder Woman movie? I honestly think that they had a plan in place for Robinson to do his six months, he was he was signed on to do, and they're they're like, well, let's use this six months as an opportunity to tie up certain loose ends, and then whatever that plan was fell through, and this is them treading water. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Also, DC sucks at corporate synergy. <laughs> yes, as we established last time. Yeah. Yep. Um, another parallel to the, uh, my read through of Wonder Woman that I've been doing, the very first couple issues of John Byrne's Wonder Woman pit, uh, dark side against Wonder Woman. Um, and that's really like the only time, like he has not been in her book. He he wasn't in her book until John Byrne, and then like he's not seen again in in a Wonder Woman book until now, and I don't really like the John Byrne Wonder Woman thing, and I don't like this, so maybe don't put Darkseid in my my conclusion is don't put Darkseid in Wonder Woman. <laughs> Keep him out of here. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> 
Are you, la- are you laughing about my phrasing there? <laughs> he doesn't think you should stick Dark Side in Wonder Woman. <laughs> Good lord. Zach, you, you're supposed to be the wholesome one. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have broken me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Too many books this week. I didn't even read them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is yeah. this, Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> Sick burn, dude. Sick burn. Um, so is Jason the least effective new character in the history of comics? <laughs> oh, he's the worst. There's not. There's nobody who could possibly like this character. Oh, there are oh, hundreds of people who w- oh. would love this character. No, no, no. Look at that armor. Oh my his God. powers. Look at his powers. He can fly from powers? one place to another place of undetermined distance in twelve minutes. Very fast. He's 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 so conflicted. So much so much complexity. He's not a good guy, but he's not a bad guy. He's a real person. Oh, but he's not even Sundari, you know, you gotta <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we're making Zach flip it. Just <laughs> You're punching all the right buttons, all the yeah. right buttons. <laughs> You're right, he's actually like reversing there, eh? Because he yeah, starts he's... off like warm and then he and then he's an ass and then he's good again. Right. Or something. Something like that. I don't know what Cinderi is, but that's okay. <laughs> you gotta you gotta read more you got we gotta get you to read more manga. I reviewed some manga this week. I, do, I know you did. Somebody should drop out. We should all have an agreement that we somebody's dropping out of uh, Weekly Shonen Jump every week so that Brian has to step in and, <laughs> and review an issue every week. Hopefully every week doesn't have a male <laughs> adult putting a gun in the mouth of a teenage girl for no reason. Does oh, that happen no. in the thing? Oh, yes, it does. In, in Weekly Shonen Jump? In the new Jump Start this week, yeah. Oh, dang, I haven't read it yet. That sounds awful. It is oh, awful. No. Well, tune in to this month's Multiversity Manga Club when I get to unpack that hot garbage. I was talking with to, to Walter about it, and he said he was, he had read the issue and then given it to Emily, and he heard her go, holy shit, <laughs> at one point. And he was like, oh, you got to that panel, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well... What was that word? I said, "Well, no, the 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 the, the San uh... oh, Sundari, Sundari, okay, Sundari, Sundari. It's uh, yes, okay. It's usually a very uh, reserved, uh, unemotional, detached, uh, handsome boy. Okay." Who's who's a good uh, Sundari character from anime or manga? Zach, like the art, the archetype. Um, I mean, like Vegeta's a little too brash. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like maybe like Sasuke, maybe Sasuke from Naruto. Oh, Sasuke from Naruto, sure. If I always want to take it back me, to Naruto. If you guys want to make me understand this, why don't you give me a character that's not in manga or anime? Oh. Uh, okay. Give me a character from The Office. Who is... Uh, <laughs> who would, oh. Who is this? oh. Hold on. From The Office, huh? St- 
Stanley? Maybe. Yeah. Stanley, uh, yeah, kind of. Sort of. I tried to go for a show that wasn't Arrested Development or The Simpsons, just to, well, keep, just to keep us away from that. Uh... Maybe more like Ryan. Ryan? Ryan, maybe? The Temp? The temp? Pre-Cocaine the temp. Ryan or post-Cocaine Ryan? Pre. It'd be pre, yeah. Post-Cocaine, he's like a success win guy, right? Like, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sundari... Okay, you want an Arrested Development one? Sure. Um, maybe Fuge? Maybe, mm, maybe. Maybe, She's a little too playful, I think. Okay. Um, boy. Uh, it doesn't, it's harder to do anime. Is... Superintendent Chalmers from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're ready for an unforgettable luncheon. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for this week. We have clearly broken Zach. Hopefully, if not broken you, our dear listener. Um, Bat- Batman incendiary. <laughs> I keep thinking you're saying the name of that whiskey from... Uh, uh, oh, that's Centauri. Translate- yeah, Lost in Translation Centauri. Yeah, make it Centauri time. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, B- Bob Harris. <laughs> no, don't. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all on Twitter. I have a Brian is in that. I'm at Vince Ostrowski. I'm at SirFox89. Go to Multiversity Comics for bullshit. Good night, folks. A husband and wife can't be arrested for both using the anti-life equation. (laughs) 